Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. I want to welcome each and every one of you to a spiritual journey that we're about to take, and my main goal today is to get as many of you on this spiritual journey as possible. We're going to take a journey and explore what it means to hear from God. We've been preparing for this journey, myself and our team, literally since last fall, so we're really excited about it, and I'm excited for all of you to be able to join in with us. I want to look in the camera there, welcome our McKinney campus, our Hazlitt campus, all those joining online, maybe someone watching this message later. Would you put your hands together? Welcome everybody joining in with us. We're going to start this journey together of hearing from God. Now, I know that you're into this because for 30 years, all I've done is pastor God's people. So I know because I'm a pastor and in a given calendar year, I have multiple people come to me, hey, hey, pastor, um, can you tell me what God's will is for my life? Can you tell me about this step? Or uh, I've got this kid that's struggling, can you tell me what to do? Should I take that job? Should I invest in this deal? Should I move to this house? And, and, and so you guys ask us, and of course, this is part of the story. We'll talk about it in the journey to ask for wise counsel and ask trusted voices. But a lot of times you guys think, you know, like, Pastor, you know, do you have a hotline to heaven? Can you dial him up? Hey, Lord, on behalf of one of these, your sheep, could you tell them what to do? We all would love to know, even those who don't even know much about God, they're like, hey, I'd like to know what God thinks, someone a little bit outside of myself, and so I know you're into it, but some of you maybe are new. I know we have a lot of you that are new, and so you, you, you hear me say, this is a spiritual journey. I'll do series, we'll do a three-part series or a four-part or something, and we'll focus on a topic, but this is a journey that we've been doing for almost 20 years, and and it's the components that are contained in the journey where you experience God in a unique way. So here's what I've seen happen multiple times. And in this specific journey of hearing from God, I think some of you are going to realize something that you didn't know. He, he's a relational God. Like he's not asking you to just sign up for a rote religion or, or, or get involved in some kind of just mundane uh, task of things and mentally ascend to a, a different... No, 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 no. He's, he's a relational God. And I believe some of you, like the gentleman I talked to this weekend who was crying over one of his friends who was struggling and he said, I put on my New Year's card, get closer to God. And I said, well, I don't believe it's coincidence that you showed up at our church during this time because that's everything we're about to do is, is this journey is going to help you understand that God wants to be close to you. He wants to be close to you. So there's this relationship, and I believe some of you may start that relationship. Some of you may rekindle that relationship. Some of you are going to grow closer to God. And others of you along the way, you're like, I have that relationship, but I, I didn't really know how to like hear directly. How do I, how do I confirm the voice of God? And I, I believe all of us are going to grow in our confidence 
that God speaks and we can hear him. So let's just get started with not just a random place in the Bible. We're going to go to Genesis in just a minute to see the first interaction with God and people. But let's just go to Jesus, the red letters. Here's a promise right off the bat. We can all grab a hold of this. It says this, Jesus speaking, my sheep listen to my voice. So that means we can listen and that means he speaks. I know them. That's a relational term. And this is the other part, like, I'm so confident God speaking, he says that to me that I now follow him. Oh, wow, now we're going to a different level where we actually are doing what he says. So we've given you all these videos. Why do we keep giving you the videos? Why does the host keep telling you? Let me break it down for you. Here's the components of the journey. Attend the series. Typically what happens is people come back to church at, at the first of the year, January 21st is like quitting day, so you guys are doing good, we're all, and, and we join a gym and we do stuff and then it just sort of just like tapers off. Can, can, I, can I challenge some of you who you're like, I need to hear from God, I want to hear from God, I, 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 what, what if you actually not two times a month and get distracted and go here, but like for the next several weeks, you sat under and you came and listened or maybe online or whatever way you're like, I'm going to engage with the preached word of God. Now, it's not, it's not complete all by itself. That's why we have other parts of the journey. But never underestimate listening to the preached word of God to grow you in your confidence to hear from God. So don't just bebop along this year. If you want something different, do something different, like get engaged and come, and, and, and we're off to a great start. The second thing is, I want you to get a guide. My team and I put a lot of work last fall into this, thinking about you for this year, and we've made it interactive in a way. Most people, Bible literacy is lower in our culture. Most people want to know about the Bible. They just are intimidated, or they can't get traction. This guide is not the Bible, but it has Bible in it, and it's a tool to get you in the Bible. And so it's interactive, there's questions to help you know how to engage with what's being said. Uh, we're going to go through a lot of different topics. We're going to spend two weeks on the Word of God. We're going to go to the Word of God for all of it. By the way, the number one way God speaks, you'll learn in this series, is through His Word. So that's, that's why so many people are struggling to hear from God, is most people don't know what he's like or what he says, because he gave us this love letter. It's not just a dusty old book, it's direct from heaven. Its words are inspired of the Spirit of God. It's a direct line. So if you want to hear from God, then his word, we'll talk about the Holy Spirit confirming his word, because we don't just subscribe to an external religion. He's with us. He's in us. He's illuminating the word. We're going to talk about trusted voices, and we're going to talk about the inner witness that happens. We're going to talk about circumstances, so stay with me. I had to really dig on this one, too, because, you know, experiences, most people base their life on their experiences. Experience can, can be the teacher of fools, too. 
Because you can have a bunch of experiences that you don't interpret properly. So we're going to dig in this. How do I interpret what's going on in my life? We're, we want you to get one of these guides. And so at, at every campus, it's available here at Keller. We've got a lot of space, a lot of people in this service. I know what you're doing. You're like, man, this was great. The message was good. The baptisms were awesome. I feel great. God is on the move. Let's beat the Methodist and Baptist to the Mexican restaurant. So you're like, get the kids, we're out, boom, see ya, gone. Well, that's why I made it simple. It's just like, boop, book, boop, boop. It's like a few seconds. So, boop, book, go do boop, book before you go eat Mexican food. Get one, because it's going to help you. Actually, I've been saying that all weekend, and an older guy came up and goes, can I pay cash? Yeah, we can do that too. Okay, it's all good. All right, <laughs> I appreciate the old school brother. Anyway. You got to get a guide, all right? The third thing is you got to get in a group because that's how the church has studied the Bible for centuries, and that's how you grow. So we want you to get in a group. And I wanted the groups to be extra special in this series, so I brought along someone to make it so much better, and I included my wife this year, and you're going to see us interact. In fact, just to tease you a little bit on the groups, I thought I might show you just a little interaction uh, here's, here's the small group, group teaching. Watch this with me. When I look back on that, God was using that to speak to me in so many ways. I don't believe that God caused it to happen, right. but we live in a broken world and sometimes things happen. Yeah. Just keep going. Because we grew up reading the Bible. And I would honestly say the last few years, like jumping into like a more holistic reading plans right. and stuff, We've probably learned more in the last two or three years. Sometimes it's, you know, to maybe go and, and pray for someone. That's a good one. You know, like, hey, you should go pray. And I'm like, I don't even know them. Yeah. What, I mean, they think I'm weird. Are they going to think I'm crazy? What, yeah. you know? Yeah, she makes it so much better. So there you go. That's going to be good. And so I want to just encourage some of you in these series, it's like grab some guides, do it with your family. Brandy and I, you just kind of put it on. It's these type of series, man. It's not about, oh, I have a theology degree. It's about just gather up your friends and people and, and we have that there for you and you can grow and learn. So I just want, uh, again, just to kind of set you free, we've got that available and let's just kind of light a fire of this all over our community. Let me start. We're going to go to Genesis 3, and I'm going to show you the interaction, but I begin to pray. Okay, so you're coming to a series on hearing God. I find that a lot of people think that's really complicated and difficult, and only elite people know how to do it. And so I started thinking, how do I just, how do I get this to a more relatable level? Because it's like hearing God. And so I, I want to I kind of help you connect with it and, and, and just relate it like to relationships. So I just start thinking about my relationship with my wife. She, she's one of my greatest friends as we spend time together and trips together and we're together. And, and you're like, well, wait a minute, Jeff, you said we're going to hear from God. And now you're talking about people. Let me be very clear. God is other. He is not human. He is fully God, all by himself, holy, separate, distinct, and he's not our buddies, but we can't approach him because he has the characteristics that demonstrates as a friend, he can be relatable, he's relational, he, but he is holy other. And to be reverence, but you're going to see in the passage, I'm going to show you that 
He would personify himself, like take on human characteristics to relate to us. In fact, he came, Jesus, fully God, but he came as a person because he wanted to connect with us so bad and be with us. And when you think about the marriage relationship, the word know, my sheep know me, there's these biblical connections to that. The book of Ephesians in the New Testament, Paul talks about this mystery, Jesus, his church, this relationship. Are you talking about Jesus and his church? You're talking about marriage? He's like, yeah. So there's some connections. So I'm not in left field here. But Brandy and I, we met, I think I was 12, she was 11. I grew up in East Texas, she grew up around here. They moved there for a little while. And uh, our, our moms became friends. She was friends with my sisters. At 12 years old, you don't hang out with friends of your sisters. So I let them do the sister stuff, and I didn't. But anyway, our moms became friends. They started praying together. This is a setup. Okay. And so in college, my mom goes to visit her mom. They're, they're connecting. My mom calls me and says, hey, Jeff, Will you come see me? I'm like, where are you? She's like, well, my now mother-in-law, the Andersons, Brenda, you know, this is a setup. And so I'm like, yeah, mom, I go. I go to this Christmas play. We go to church. We're standing in line at the Christmas play. And I'm like, she's not 11 anymore. This is the hottest, finest, most beautiful human being that I've ever seen. And I wasn't really looking for that. I was kind of just trekking through life and bam, boom, oh, wow, I want to know her. But girls, be easy on us guys. You're like, why doesn't he ask me out? He's scared. We look tough, but we're insecure. And I thought, I don't know if I got a chance with her. She's so beautiful. She's amazing. But I, I really wanted to. And, and she wasn't playing fair either because her and her parents, God told her not to date, but wait for your husband. So her and her parents started fasting and praying. And I was down at Baylor thinking, I need to call her. I'm, I'm scared to call her. I need to call her. I'm scared to call her. But they were praying. So angels were tormenting me. They were fasting. And I was being tormented from heaven. So you're like, what'd you do? I called my mom. Hey, mom, would you reach out for a brother? Would you see if I got a chance? Nonetheless, we, we, we came together. And guess what? Here's my point. You're like, what are you trying to say at a fundamental level? No one had to give me a five-point sermon or a DIY YouTube video on being with her. I thought about her. I wanted to be with her. This was just when email was just getting started. This was, our first date was in January 1995. It was like 29 years ago. And, and man, I wanted to email her. I was just learning about it. I wanted to go on the weekends and be with her. I wanted to talk to her. I wanted. So what are you saying, Jeff? At a fundamental level, this hearing from God thing, let's not overcomplicate it. Do you want to be with him? Do you want to be with him? If you don't, you don't know how good he is. If you don't and you haven't, then maybe something's gone off. Maybe you've got into religion, but you're not in a relationship. Maybe you've let some hurts or hangups or the cares and worries of this world choke out that relationship. Just want to be with them. At a fundamental level, that's the basic, you don't have to force. You know another thing? Like 
as, as we've grown along in our relationship, you know, like we spend some time together in the mornings and we take a trip together and, and I, I have to go do things and different stuff. And, and she's, she's an amazing wife, but she's not always available. I mean, as a young man, especially, we get married sometimes at 2 a.m. I wanted a fellowship. Come on, can we be real in church? I wanted to know her in a biblical way. She wake up. Are you joking me right now? No. Shop's closed. Don't you love this about God? You don't have to call his assistant to get on his calendar. It's you don't have to have a set time. By the way, you have a set quiet time. That's good, a place. I have a chair. But I love this. Like, it's not like, like Brandy. Like, I don't come home in the middle of the day. Hey, I got something exciting to tell you. It's not in the morning. It's another time of the day. And she just go, oh, well, we only talk at 7.30. Like, like God's like, look, look, look. There's billions of people, Jeff. I've got a few people in line ahead of you today. He's available. He's ready. He's open. He's ready to meet with us. Also, I've learned too, this is not overly difficult. I'm discipling and coaching some young guys this week. We were just talking about marriage and family and some of that. And one of them asked me, he goes, I, I made the statement, I have more vision for my family than I do our church. And so they were like, I want to know about that. And one guy raised his hand, pastor, how do you know if you're winning at that? I'm like, look, dude, you don't need a, a five-point training. Let's not overcomplicate this. If my wife walks in the room, I know if I'm winning or losing. <laughs> Anybody been married longer than two weeks? She walks in the room. I'm like, not winning, not winning, not winning, not winning. We got to just correct. If you don't know that yet, you better learn it. And so she can just come within my geographical region. She emits an aura. It's like, how am I doing here? Like, this isn't complicated. How you doing? You know how you're doing. But there's an available conversation. Let's start our hearing God journey with something very simple. The better you know God, the better you'll hear from God. The better you know him, the better you understand his word and how he thinks and his nature. And you can be like, I know he's not into that. I, I know he's not. I, that's not God. No way. Well, I know that he's got a track record of his character and I know who he is. And you can know God. If you know God, then you'll hear God better. And these are promises from God. You can know God. You can relate to God. God does have something to say about those things that you're concerned about. He has something to say about your marriage, about your parenting, about your kids, about your lifestyle, about your dating, about your... He has something to say about all of it. He's ready to speak into it. You don't have to be like, oh God, he's so mysterious. Who can really know? He has something to say about all of it. We feel pressure, though. We move away from something that we feel intimidated by. So today, we live in the world of pragmatism and experts. 
We, we look for who's got the pragmatic answer and what worked for you. And do you know an expert that can help me with that? And can I YouTube that? Can I Google that? Who has something to say about that? And sometimes the last place we go is God. Because it's like, man, I don't know even where to start with all of that. So we move away. So we feel pressure. What if I miss it? Why is it easy for some people, but it seems hard for me? What if I make the wrong choice? What if I mess up my life? If I make a mistake, will God speak to me? So we've got all these like pressures and so it makes us move away. So we feel intimidated by it. Uh, it's kind of like we have a, a, a pastor's fantasy football league. And we have some right now that feel the pressure and they're thinking about quitting because they've lost so much. So if y'all want to minister to them, I, on the other hand, you know, I won, just, just been playing for a little while, third time this year. You're like, that sounds arrogant. Well, actually, I mentioned it in one service the fifth week when I was leading the league and God judged me. And I repented. See, see, he judged me. I just started losing. Then I repented and I, I started elevating. I promised the Lord until after I win, I won't boast about it. But now that I've won, because <laughs> you see, he speaks to me. He favors me. We want to know... If it is God, that's what we want to know. We, we've all had the weird person come to us with real weird eyes and go, God told me. You're like, surely God's not that weird. He can't be that weird. And so we've all kind of even hedged from people who say God told me. And we want to know though, like, is it a no or a yes, God? Like, how do we get more confident in knowing God speaking. That's what we're going to do together over the next few weeks. Now, let's go to the first book of the Bible. We, if we're going to talk about hearing from God, then we got to get started with the fundamentals. Very first chapter, by the way, I told you to go to chapter three, but if you want to know the truth, chapter one, third verse, opening pages. You're, you're new to all of this. What is this God like? Well, it says in verse three, God said... Whoa, he talks? He said. Aren't you thankful that you didn't open it up and say, oh, he is a mute idol. He is unable to connect. He is unable. No, no, no. God said. Oh, wait, so God speaks. You know what he said in that moment? Let there be light. And there was light. Scientists say that the universe is expanding at the speed of light, it continues to expand. You're going, why? Because he never said stop. So with his words, he spoke. So now we've got this understanding of his nature. And in Genesis chapter 3, we now see his interaction not with the creation, but human beings, the first human beings. He creates man. He's had all this creation. It is good. It is good. He creates man. He goes, that's not good. What's not good? It's not good that he's alone. So he creates Eve. They live, important that you know this, they live in a place of paradise. They live with unbroken fellowship between them and God. There's no cancer. There's no injustices. There's no brokenness. It's why our world is in outrage, longing for the place 
where everything is right. They live in that place. But he says to them, don't eat of this tree. Very important that you hear right here. Every camp is very important you hear what I'm about to say. There's not just a God who communicates. There's an enemy who when you look up his Wikipedia page, his number one defining characteristic is he lies. He's a liar at the core. So what does he say to these human beings who have this perfect relationship with this holy God? Did God really say? That's what he says. Did God really say? It's the problem of our world today. It's your problem with your young people today. There's more voices today that they sound professional. They have great lighting and good little, little ways to caption it and give it in sound bites to your kids. And what they're always saying is, did God really say that's wrong? Oh, no, no, that was a different time. It's not wrong. It was a, no, no, God didn't really say and so when you can receive from that enemy, his strategy is to really distort what God said. So therefore, they make the mistake, they eat the fruit, and now there's brokenness in this fellowship and relationship with this holy God. It says this though, this is what I love. I'd never really thought about this before, but this interaction we're about to read is after they failed him. He doesn't give them the cold shoulder, kind of in our world today. I'm not talking to them anymore. Aren't you glad God's not like us? He doesn't say, I told you not to, you did it, silent treatment. He still comes to talk. It says, then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Man, I wish I was there to hear that. What does it sound like when God is walking in the garden in the cool of the day? Is that like a transformer or trees falling? Whoa! And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. No one, by the way, there was, no, there was no social constructs to teach them to run from God. There were no parents modeling culture. They didn't have any kind of socialization to I failed God, here he comes, run. No one had to teach him how to do that. You know why? Because at the core, human beings know that we are flawed in need of amazing God to save us, to help us, to speak to us. And when you don't deliver, you don't get delivered from your guilt, from your sin, from your brokenness, from all the trash that you've experienced, you don't move towards God, you run and hide. You run. Some of you are running right now, but he's still pursuing. He doesn't stop pursuing. They hid, which I think is humorous, they hid from God in the trees he created. But anyway, <laughs> hope he doesn't see me. In the trees of the garden. <laughs> but the Lord God called to the man because he is a communicator. Where are you? Now, is he asking them where they are because he can't figure out where they are, considering he knows everything? He's actually asking them where they are so that they can now understand where they are in relationship to God. This is very important. 
If you deceive yourself or let the enemy deceive you, then you can never move forward in everything God has from you because you justify your running and your hiding. I'm okay, it's fine, everything's good. When in your heart it's cold, you're distant from God, you're not moving in the purposes of God. And so he calls out to us. He's calling to some of you right now. Where are you? He's not looking for us. He's not lost. He wants us to know. Until you know you're lost, you can't be found. Until you know you're in this place, you can't move forward to where God has you to go. So he says, where are you? It's like, again, old school. Before there were these little GPS computers in our hands called our phones, we, we, had, to, we had to try to figure out where we, where we are. Now we just get in our car and there's a lady on there that tells us where we are. My, my kids like to change it to like the British version. So I get in their cars, which is also a very much an experience you need to pray about. But anyway, uh, and that would be like, turn right. Anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. But that, I argue with the lady sometimes. I don't know if you do. I'm not supposed to turn right, I'm supposed to turn left. But back in the day, old school, when you were at the mall and you were at Macy's and you were trying to get to JCPenney's, you, had to, you didn't have a GPS in your hand. You had to go up to one of these things, anybody remember, and, and they'd have to say, you are here because you can't figure out where to go if you don't know where you are on the planet. So for some of us, the first step to hearing from God is defining you are here. You are lost. You are separate. You are cold. You are distant. You haven't talked to me in a month. And then you hit these things in life where you want wisdom. You are here right now. Not, not good that you're there, but defining where you are is the first step to getting where I've called you to go. So he says, where are you? And he answered, here's the man, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. And what did he do? I hid. That's what we do. I hid. And now starts what we do also when we don't know how to get help with our sin and our pain. And it's major in our world and culture today. Blame somebody else. What's the blame game that's about to happen? My parents did this to me. My boss did this to me. I'm this way because of what they did. Notice, no one te te taught him how to do this. Look what the man says. He said, again, to him, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And the man said, the woman made me do it. <laughs> I actually like what he says, the woman that you put me here with made me do it. It's her fault. My wife would get right, everything would be great. She gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the devil made me do it. It's kind of kick the dog, if you will, right? And so you see this interaction, but you say, why is this important? This is foundational and fundamental. God talking to these first human beings, the first Adam, speaking to them after they fall. And then what is the real message of Jesus? Because they mess it up royally. And he speaks to Abraham and Moses and David and the prophets and he speaks, but then comes Jesus Christ. The Bible says of Jesus, he's the second Adam. He's the second Adam, meaning what does that mean? He, not like the first Adam, ate from the tree, but instead was crucified on the tree. 
He lived the perfect life. He heard his father's voice, did what he said. When tempted by the, by the devil, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what did Jesus do? It's not just an insurance ticket to heaven. He restored the ability to have unbroken fellowship with Almighty God. That's what Jesus came to do. So in this journey along the way, we have that as our foundation so God speaks, so now we can learn and position ourselves. In our last few moments before I pray for you, I just want to give you one thought. You're like, Jeff, I want to get closer to God, and I want to hear from God. Then position yourself for that to happen. That's really why we give you these things within the series. Why? I'm trying to get you in a place to connect to the frequency of heaven. It's getting yourself in that place. Number one, what helps us hear God? Remind yourself, he's a communicator. He talks. So when you settle in your spirit, he wants to talk to you even more than you want to listen. Now you have an anchor to go, I'm not fishing for something that's not there. He speaks, he communicates. I think about in my life, the times where, you know, it's like, Hearing from God, marriage, kids, our church. I, I love to tell this story. I could not be on this platform right now because I had a group of people who wanted me to come to Charlotte, North Carolina to plant Milestone, had funding. I was, I'll never forget the second time I went there, I sat on the bed in the hotel after meeting with these people and the Holy Spirit said, go back to Dallas-Fort Worth. I'll never forget that. Now, there's all the other pieces that I'm going to show you in the series. I consulted with my pastors because I have the same pastors that I've had since my early 20s, and I, I believe trusted voices help you. And so there was a holistic process. I think about trying to help my children. Why do you want to engage with this series? Let me talk to some of you young parents and families in here. Number one target you want to get, other than their salvation and them being saved and knowing Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior... But even deeper than just going to heaven, when your kids leave your house, you want them to know how to hear from God. We do that. Look, the kids are going through hearing God. Why do we do it? Why? We don't want this to be a dusty book on their table one day where they have it as a sort of a, a memorial to something. But we want it to have torn pages and highlighted marks in it and that they know how to get every day with God hear his voice so that he speaks to them. It's possible he's a communicator. That's what he does. Here's the second thing. You got to commit yourself to knowing God. You say, why does this take commitment? Because there's interference. There's interference. First of all, there's noise and distraction. There's more noise and distraction today than there's ever been. Multiple voices. And we, li we live in a world today where we scroll and run to people who don't care about us and disregard the one who does have our best interest in mind. We are filled today with multiple, Bible literacy down, scrolling is up. And we wonder why we're so lost. Because we have these voices and it's like, I mean, routinely, there's so many channels and so much real estate that we even have just Stuff that's not even true and dumb stuff. I find myself all the time going, is that news? Do we really need to know that? We don't even know if that's true. But man, we just drink from it all the time, wondering why we can't hear anything from heaven. The noise, the distraction, Microsoft building 87, a word I had not known, but I'll share it with you, anechoic, 
meaning without echo. There's a building that's supposedly the quietest place on earth. You can go in there, and I hear that, you know, it's like, man, people can, can go crazy because there's just literally no inputs. Like people describe sometimes hearing their blood run through their veins, the quietest place on earth. You may not be able to go to building 87, but how do we get ourselves in a position to hear from God? Cognitive dissonance. You go, what is that? That's not just multiple voices. That's a routine noise or even good input that you tune out. You're like, what do you mean by that? Brandy and I, we were first married. I pastored a church in Central Texas. We lived in the parsonage. You're like, what's a parsonage? That's the house they used to trap the pastor in, keep him close to the church. And so we lived there, but like there was a train that ran right by the house, old house built in the 40s. And the train would come by. And at first we were annoyed by it. But after living there for a year, we didn't hear it. The whole house would be shaking like an earthquake. Friends would come over and go, ah, well, we didn't hear that. Did you know there are people that if A, have too many voices that are not God's voice, but there's some of you, you've been around it and religion has gotten on you and you just, you don't have a hunger level. So what happens is you just sort of, I know that verse, I, I know that service, I, I know that song, like, 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 like even all these baptisms this weekend, there should be something well up on the inside of us. Eternity has been changed. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you. You don't want to get numb. That's why Jesus said, let the children come because they still have that giddy. I can't believe it. I don't know what God's going to say. What's God going to show me? Because your hunger level influences your filling level. It influences it. The other thing is there's other voices that become authoritative in our lives. Not only do we have all these voices, now we believe them. We're the first group of people on the planet. This is important. I'm going to talk about this when I talk about the word. But for centuries, there was a belief among all cultures that truth was something out here that I in here needed to pursue to receive. You could talk to a Buddhist. You could talk to somebody. It doesn't matter if we were different religions. There was this belief that Man has a flawed ability, and so there's truth. Now, for those of us who follow the Bible, we believe truth is not a concept. It's not up for debate. Truth is a person. His name is Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So we believe when we receive him. Did you hear the story on the testimony? I see the world different. Why? Truth has taken up residence inside of me. I am less deceived because truth lives inside of me now. But I'm going to tell you what your challenge is with your young person today. This worldview. Truth is in you. We've been, you're special. <laughs> you're amazing. You deserve a trophy. You're not so, you're so awesome. You can decide truth. I don't want to impose truth on you. You and your perfect, you find it. So now, stuff that is absolutely offensive to God, absolutely offensive to God's plan and desire and heart and nature, we now, not only is it a lie, we say, 
God's okay with it with me. Because the devil's a liar. These voices, you can't let them be authoritative. There's also enemy interference. You know, I have all these old people illustrations today. Forgive me, young people. But we used to not have a handheld phone. We had a phone. The house I grew up in, there was a green phone. You dialed it like this. Brr, brr. Had a, had a cord on it stretched to another state. And I'd be talking on the phone to one of my friends about some serious thing or, hey, let me tell you a secret. And then I would hear a giggle. And my sisters were in the back on the other phone listening to Big Brother's conversation. Somebody else is on the line. I want you to know somebody else has picked up the phone and you've got to be able to distinguish the liar from the truth. There's interference involved. How do we respond? Here's what we're going to do the next few weeks, and then I'm going to pray for you. We're, we're going to turn up the Word of God. We're going to turn up God's voice. We're going to position ourselves to hear from Him. We're going to turn down the other voices. What would happen over the next few weeks? I'm going to get a guide, get in a group, come listen to the messages. I'm going to, if I need so much direction in my life, why would I not commit myself to turning down all of this and turning up that? I want you to stand on your feet, everybody, everywhere, every campus, every location. No one move. We're finishing just right here our last few moments. I thought it might be good for us just to pray a prayer that helps set our hearts to have the courage to do what he's asking us to do. Let's just pray this prayer because many times as you pray it to God, your heart gets in alignment with your prayers. God answers the prayer that is according to his will. So let's pray this together. Jesus, come on all together. Jesus, come on all together. Jesus, you said your sheep hear your voice. As I start this journey, I want to know you and I want to hear you. I choose to tune out the other voices and I ask you to speak to me. Amen. Lord, I pray for these precious people. Some may be in a desperate place to hear from you. Lord, all of us, we, we, we go astray. We need, we need you as our good shepherd. We need